This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Normal bugles today. Exactly. Normal, normal, normal horns. And we're going to say it's normal because the ACC is still intact. Yes. It's still what it was yesterday. It's still what it was two days before that and last week and two years ago. It's all still the same. Nothing's changed. Yet. Unfortunately. There is yet. yet. So reports are coming out yesterday. I know a lot of people may have heard it, but if you haven't, the ACC has been in conversations to add both Stanford and Cal. Meetings having taken place this morning, not only amongst presidents and ADs and, and the of the American Athletic Conference, excuse me, of the Atlantic Coast Conference. We're going to get into the AAC in a little bit. But in the Atlantic Coast Conference, meetings have taken place, conversations have taken place. Even the Cal-Berkeley Board of Regents had a meeting today as well. A lot of meetings happening, but nothing formally has taken place. So the latest from Pete Thamel of ESPN, uh, who's been covering this thing, which, by the way, I know a lot of people out there just, like, refreshing his feed, just like, is there anything, anything new, anything new, anything new? Right. So according to sources this morning, ACC presidents met this morning for an exploratory call on both Cal and Stanford. As expected, there is no vote taken. The league is, quote, still evaluating. Air quotes, still evaluating this potential decision. So that's according to Pete Thamel of ESPN. Now, Stanford and California, look, I'm going to get into why I don't like it in a little bit. I was very vocal about it yesterday. I'm going to get into a little bit more why I don't like this later on. Stanford and Cal, on a national scale when it comes to football, they don't move the needle. They just don't. Call what it. This is 100% of football money revenue decisions. 100% what this is. So call it what it is. Cal hasn't really had a star player, a really truly relevant star player since the days of Aaron Rodgers and then Marshawn Lynch. There's a few other guys here and there, but otherwise, those have been the two biggest stars who have come out of that school. Now, Stanford in recent years have had guys like Andrew Luck have come out of Stanford, but for the most part, haven't really had a whole lot come out of Stanford in terms of star power at the collegiate level. One of the, also uh, one of the young top players they've had recently, Bryce Love, who's actually from San North Carolina, went to Wake Forest High School, was a, I think a Heisman runner-up, was in the Heisman running out there at Stanford. Um, so yeah, he had a and obviously Christian McCaffrey. There's another name that comes out of there as well. So they've had some good players come out. But again, on a national scale, over the last six years, nothing really been. Now, presidents of universities, when it comes to realignment, they do look at academic profiles of the other universities that they're discussing. Trust me, they do. Happens all the way from Division One all the way down through, through Division Three. Believe it or not, realignment happens at those levels, too. They take the academic profile of the universities, in which this case, Stanford and Cal, perfect fits for the ACC in terms of university profile. You have one of the top academic public universities 
in the entire country in Cal Berkeley and get one of the top private universities in the entire country in Stanford. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, they academic profiles and the, the 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 way the schools are, the way they're they're run, they're operating, they're and this their status. They fit the they fit the ACC perfectly in that regard. Now. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator? Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. That doesn't guarantee that they're going to get in to the uh, to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Pete Thamel discussed on SportsCenter on a pushback, possibly, of adding Cal and Stanford. I will caution, Alan, that headwinds exist here for these schools. Uh, the, the term additive comes up pretty quickly when you talk about adding programs like Talent Stanford. They would not be additive to the bottom line. As you know from the headlines from Tallahassee last week, there was a clamor from the Seminoles and from other schools in the ACC for additive money. And this would not be the case here, at least significantly, with Talent Stanford. So the discussions will begin. We'll see where they end. Okay. So the discussions have begun. We don't know where it ends yet. We hopefully we'll find that out. Heck, even possibly today. Wouldn't surprise me if nothing happens today. But at some point this week, we should hear something. And if you're going to make a decision, act fast. Yeah. Act fast because there's no guarantee that there's another conference that might be trying to absorb the Pac-12. So a lot of things are at play in this. Now, Greg McElroy, who works for ESPN, SEC Network, how does he see the ACC talking with Cal and Stanford going? Yeah, when I think about the Atlantic Coast, Greeny, I mean, who doesn't think about Palo Alto and <laughs> Berkeley? I mean, their westernmost <laughs> member right now is Louisville, which is in the great state of Kentucky. It's absurd. And their entire play is to keep Florida State at bay and to keep Clemson happy. Well, hey, guess what? Clemson, here's what we can do to sweeten the deal for you. You get a home-and-home in Corvallis, Oregon, with Oregon State. It's absurd. Now, I understand why the Pac-4 would be trying to exercise every possible option, Greeny, but my goodness, like there is absolutely nothing in this arrangement that would benefit the ACC. The only way that they survive is by keeping Florida State tied to their grant of rights. If they can't keep them tied to their grant of rights and they can find an exit, that means North Carolina can, Clemson can, NC State can, Virginia can. And once those dominoes start to fall, then the ACC as we know it will be no more. Okay, so he clearly is going to throw shade at the ACC for having a potentially West Coast schools, but whereas the ACC up until if they do add Sanford and Cal or the, is the only conference in the entire country where all their schools are in the same time zone. Right. So don't throw shade about, oh, potentially adding West Coast schools. I'm like, are you kidding me? You've got Rutgers and now USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington in the Big Ten going forward. Like, Very hypocritical. Yeah, I'm sorry. What about Missouri's in the southeast? Sorry, you're like a lower Midwest state. That's what you are. You're not in the southeast. So whatever with that. But here's something I will say. Here's where it does add to the ACC. 
This is all about TV revenue, right? It's all about the dollars. All about the Benjamins sometimes, I say. Always. So what does adding West Coast schools do? It opens up another television time slot, which means you can now go to ESPN and say, hey, look, not only can you have noon kickoffs, 3.30 kickoffs, 7 slash 8 p.m. kickoffs, if we have a team that's traveling out west, you can have a 9 or a 10 p.m. game. You can have that now because now you've opened up that time slot, which now means added revenue, which now means people on the West Coast can sit there and watch their their old Pac-12 after dark, right? Well, guess who now gets those? That would be the ACC. The Atlantic Coast Conference would get that. So there, there in lies the opportunity for not only another time slot, which would then open up more money when your negotiations when you have a chance to kind of go back to the table with ESPN, with Disney regarding this. So here's the thing. The grant of rights in the media deal runs through 2036 for the for the ACC. But during that, there are different times where you can kind of go back and rediscuss your the payments and the you know all those kinds of things, right? So there are built-in windows to do that. You can go to to Disney and ESPN and say, "Hey, look, we've if we have these schools, we open up this other time slot." Yeah. Now these games might be on the CW or something like that. That's fine. Those are the third and fourth tier games anyway, right? That's the NC State versus VMI goes on the CW. We're not talking prime time Florida State Carolina here. It's not going to go on that network. But for some of these other games, again, you open up a time slot. This could be ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ACC Network. There's a lot of different ways that you can put these games out there. And it's more programming, again, for ESPN. So you open up that time slot. So that is another added revenue. But, yeah, Stanford and Cal, like I said, do not move the needle in football. Yeah. Just not. Now, there have been conversations about, well, actually, maybe it's not the ACC. Maybe what about the Mountain West? Mountain West is sitting there going like, hey, you know, we could possibly just take on the four schools. Right. I know. I know Greg McElroy talked about oh Oregon State like nah I don't think ACC is going for Oregon State or Washington State I think it's just Stanford Cal I don't think they want to take on all four of those they might but I just don't see it we hear Stanford and Cal now there's the possibility of all right what about the Mountain West could the Pac-12 try and poach schools from the Mountain West Boise State Fresno State San Diego State and a host of others well here's the problem with that the exit fee to leave the Mountain West is thirty-five million bucks, and if you try and add five teams, it's five schools, or even just four, the Pac-12 is going to have to help subsidize those because those athletic departments aren't big enough to handle that money. They can just shell out that cash on their own. They just can't do it. The Pac-12 can't subsidize that. They can't help foot the bill. Right. They can't. So now, what are your options left? Okay, do you just then go actually join the Mountain West that way? There's also talks of the American Athletic Conference being interested in adding some of these schools, including Stanford Cal. How does that impact us locally? I'm sorry, last time I checked, ECU's in the American Athletic Conference. They are. Hello, ECU versus Stanford, Dowdy Ficklin, anybody? Never would have thought that could happen. But now it's actually, wait, hold on, wait a second, that might be a real possibility? Now, the American Athletic Conference is a large conference already in and of itself. It's kind of what 
Conference USA used to be. Or Conference USA is like, oh, here's a bunch of these like mid-major you know schools that are just getting spread out all over across the country. Well, that's what the American has become, really. It's elevated itself above Conference USA. So there's a lot of things at play. Again, it all comes down to money. All comes down to that. Now, also, there's the conversation of, well, what is next for those Pac-12 schools? And Pete Thamel, earlier on SportsCenter yesterday, so the conversation again, what's next for these Pac-12 schools? Are they working together? Are they working independently? Are they working independently together, if that makes sense? Pete Thamel gave us a breakdown. Yeah, the odds are against the Pac-12 right now in, in any form, but that hasn't stopped uh everyone from trying right there there are four schools working together independently it was described to me today and i thought that was a good way to sum up uh, where they are they, they have to look out for themselves as talent stanford are doing at the same time if those four schools could stick together and add a few schools they could keep ncaa tournament units they could keep the ncaa tournament bid there are still some assets remaining in the pac-12 despite the headwinds here and despite the fact that there's significant Comcast debt that would have to get sorted through. But I think the logical answer there would be if those, if Cal and Stanford went to the ACC, the Mountain West would look like the most likely home for Oregon State and Washington State. All right, so again, we talk about money. Money doesn't necessarily all come from media rights and television. That's not the only place that schools generate revenue. He mentioned the NCAA tournament, what's known as units. I'm not going to get into the math or any of that kind of stuff, but Units in the NCAA tournament, this is when your teams advance or, or schools in your conference advance in the NCAA tournament. For example, we saw a couple years ago, the ACC had both Duke and Carolina in the Final Four. Carolina getting into the national championship. When you have schools in your conference that advance further in the tournament and more teams make the NCAA tournament, you get whether, again, these are units, these are payouts from the NCAA for that. So the more schools that you have in the tournament that also go further in the tournament, the more money your conference gets. Now, how your conference divvies up that money, that's up to the conference. The conference, in in the ACC's case, divvies it all up equally. And this is where some of the revenue-sharing conversations have taken place, is that, well, if my school advances further in the tournament, we should get more of a cut. Right. Not the... You know, why should I do all the work to get to a national championship? And then split it equally. And yeah, then, everyone. like, why does Boston College right. get the same cut, right? So that's been some of the conversations with the ACC, which I'm okay with that. Yeah. So Pac-12, you want to continue to retain those, right? You want to keep that money. So that's why the Pac-12 doesn't want to completely dissolve. But I'm sorry, Stanford and Cal go, you're done. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. The moment that Oregon and Washington – Agreed to go to the Big Ten, which then led to Arizona, Arizona State, Utah joining Colorado by joining the Big 12. Let's be real. It was a wrap. Exactly. You said it. It was a wrap at that point anyway. So there are a lot of financial things for the Big, I'm sorry, for the Pac-12 to try and keep things together. I'm sorry. It just ain't happening. All right. My last thing on this, I'm going to get into this a little bit later on. Here's why I hate it. I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. Do not, if you're a college administrator... Do not ever tell me again that the health and well-being of your student-athletes matters. It just... Yeah, it's no. all lies. I, no, I'm sorry. Like, if you're Miami, you're be like, yeah, let's vote Stanford and Cal in so you can send your volleyball team all the way out there. I, I'm a I'm massive lacrosse fan. People who've listened to the... Who've never listened to me on the radio probably have heard me mention that sport multiple times. Probably more than you probably cared about. But I know that Cal and... Stanford both have women's lacrosse teams. Well, guess what? 
Boston College. Now you're sending your women's lacrosse team for a game out to Cal and Stanford. You probably have to play two in a weekend, play a Friday and a Sunday. It's that's crazy. likely what we're going to have to do. Yeah. But that's what's going to be. Virginia Tech, UNC, Pitt, all those programs that have women's lacrosse, Louisville, all, they, they got to send everyone out there. And guess yeah. what? Stanford and Cal got to make all these trips and come out east too. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm sorry. Last time I checked, you like to throw out student athlete at us, right? Mm-hmm. You disregard the student part. Yeah. I mean, there's still exams. You got to study. Yeah. There's papers. You have to sleep eventually. Eventually. But you have practice. It's not an easy thing to do. No. And it's a, you do a disservice to a lot of athletes. Yeah. Now, we'll say this. Stanford, top to bottom, you can argue, well, there is the best athletic department in the entire country. Now, again, football not great. Men's basketball hasn't been there in a while, but overall, top to bottom, one of the best athletic departments in the entire country. And they're, again, they're just kind of floating out there on their own. Again, that's one of the reasons I, I do not like it. It's going to happen, though. Yeah. It's going to happen. All right. Let's move on to something else real fast. By the way, in 10 minutes, Kelsey Riggs, ACC Network, is going to join us. The college football coaches poll came out. Everyone loves a good preseason poll, so congratulations to all of us. We get to enjoy that. (laughs) ACC had three schools in the top 25. Okay. UNC at 20. Clemson at 9. Florida State at 8. Oh. That one caught me off guard, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? Tell more. (laughs) So a lot of people are really high on Florida State right now. Don't worry, I'm going to get into the others receiving votes because the ACC had four other schools receive votes. So three of the top 25, again, Florida State 8, Clemson 9, UNC 20. Florida State 8 does intrigue me because, again, a lot of people are very high on the Seminoles. A lot of people are very high on what Mike Norvell is doing out there. I think he's done a really good job of turning things around after Jimbo left and there's Willie Taggart and that whole terrible situation. So turning things around out in Florida State. Could you pick above Clemson? That's something I do not get. Because last time I checked, uh, Florida State, have they been in an AC championship game in a while? Mm, no, wait, they that. haven't. No. no, wait, they haven't. Yeah. No, wait, you haven't. I'm sorry, you've lost to Wake Forest three straight seasons. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest got votes. Yeah. They also received votes. So I, a lot of people really high. Now, I get it. Jordan Travis is coming back, whereas you have the big question mark in terms of Kay Klubnik at, at quarterback for Clemson. Totally understandable. But last time I checked, when Kate Klubna came in in the ACC championship game against North Carolina, it's amazing how Clemson's offense started moving the football. Go figure. So, again, there's still a question mark where Jordan Travis, a lot of people are throwing him in his name into the Heisman Trophy race. So a lot of people are high on the Seminoles in the preseason. But, again, what do preseason rankings mean? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's just a good talking point for us. I will say this, though. You can tell a lot about how people perceive a program by who isn't voted into the top 25. It's very telling. The Duke disrespect is real. Absolutely real real. right now. This is a team that went 
nine and four last season, returning like I think it was around nineteen starters. Yeah, twenty. They didn't have a bunch of guys leave for the portal or anything mm-hmm. like that. They, that that wasn't the case. Mike Elko in his second season. I understand that their schedule is tougher this upcoming year, but they got two votes. Yeah, two votes. Seems a little weird. Then again, the also receiving votes category. Just two votes for the top twenty-five. That's it. I'm sorry, Duke disrespect is real right now. Pitt received 52 votes. If you actually go down the others receiving votes category, it actually puts them at like 30th. Okay, Phil Dracovic coming back or coming in, transferring in from Boston College. You got Pat Narduzzi and all that. But uh, last time I checked, I know Pitt beat Duke last season in Pittsburgh in a tight game, but... I'm sorry, just two votes for Duke? Yeah. Uh, I don't see mm, no. a lot of disrespect towards that. NC State also received votes. They received 19 votes. Wake Forest received six. Which I think is a testament, actually, you could say that. People are like, oh, yeah, Wake Forest. I'm going to vote them in my top 25. It's easy to not vote for them for the simple fact that you're stalwart at quarterback, one of the best in terms of numbers stat-wise in the ACC ever. Statistically, Sam Hartman, he's gone to Notre Dame. Notre Dame, by the way, picked 13th in the preseason coaches poll. But Wake Forest got six votes, and Duke got two. Mike, there's a lot more returning players and star players and Riley Leonard coming back, a quarterback for Duke. I don't know. That disrespect for Duke is definitely real. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. Go carry, where getting there is just a tap away.